Thank you so much. We'll turn back in our Bibles to Second Peter. And begin there and then go maybe bounce around a little bit. Thankful for the Lord's goodness to us and in spite of all that's going around today, we uh, we have a faithful, faithful Savior, Lord, that loves us, and and um, I'm thankful. In these last days, we are still um, as solid uh, as Jesus is. We are safe and secure in Him, and so I'm thankful that. Um, just like the lady sang, uh, but then I'm also thankful and looking forward to the coming of the Lord. He's coming again, and so we'll continue to go back. Uh, we'll go back again there, and uh, we'll do like uh, James said. And James said, "Be also patient, establish your hearts, uh, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh." So we need to remember that and keep that in our hearts and comfort one another with these words. And uh, so we'll start back in Second Peter just to kind of catch up. Then we'll go back to Matthew and to Luke and maybe a couple other places. But in Second Peter chapter number 2, we're back again looking at the, um, the fallacy of the pernicious. He's warning us against the false deception deceivers that will be in the last days because that will rule and dominate the last days. Um, and many shall follow them. And so don't be part of the many. That's hardly justification or grounds. Uh, to um, label something as right and worthy to be followed is the number of people that are going along with it, right? A lot of times the many are uh, in error. So um, we need to be careful with that. But many there will be that follow. And um, so he warns us of these... um, these uh, false teachers that were uh, false prophets in the days of the of the holy men of God that spake in, in the end of chapter number one and verse number one of chapter two, uh, he begins to warn us about these false prophets and uh, exhorts us to remember our scriptures and to grow closer uh, and um, really just uh, hiding the word of God in our hearts and and um, I, I'm convinced even in these last days that it's going to get worse and worse that um, as the Bible said, we should, um, as not as the manner of some is, but we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And um, we, we really, if anything, we ought to be doing more of it uh, because um, I believe there's so much we need each other. It's the way God's designed this. Um, no man's an island unto himself. And, you know, I, we need each other. And um, so the Lord, I think, is why he says, as, the, as you see the day approaching, um, continue to come together uh, as a church, as a church family, as a body, and not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. Now, the manner of some people is to do that, but that shouldn't be our manner, right? We need to stay uh, faithful. I don't know how people make it, well, you know, without the church, without God's church and God's people. I really don't. And I, so um, I appreciate God's people, God's church. I love God's church. And with all their faults and failures, they're the best people on planet Earth are God's people. And um, as many uh, uh, mistakes and problems as we represent, um, we are founded upon Christ. And so uh, that love being shed abroad in the hearts of people like that uh, is uh, so anyhow. So thank God for his church. And so he exhorts us to... 
uh, knowing the Word of God, staying the Word of God, and gives us the Scriptures because they're going to bring in damnable heresies, and you don't want to be part of them that follow their pernicious, destructive, mischievous ways. And so you're going to have to do that by having some stability in your life. Don't one man this week, and I believe that gives a better picture, clearer picture in chapter number one uh, of what he's trying to do is give some stability to your life. And uh, nothing will stabilize you like the Word of God and staying in the work of God. Stay busy in the work of the Lord, and that will help you in these uncertain times. And so he exhorts us to grow and, and to stay stable in the Word of God. It will keep you balanced. The Christian life is a delicate balance at all times. Every time I think of something, I think, well, boy, you better be, better be uh, balanced in that. And, uh, and we're extremists by nature. Right, we have a tendency always to go to the extreme of one side or the other. God wants us to be balanced and be a, a good, uh, a balanced individual, balanced Christian. And so give some stability to your life. You're going to need it because in the last days, people are going to be coming and going and running to and fro. Uh, and uh, there's going to be all kinds of instability in the last days. And if that doesn't mark the day we live in, I don't know what was. Absolute instability. People don't know what they believe and why they believe it. They don't know if they're coming or going. Or as the old timers would say, they don't know if they're washing or hanging. Does that make sense to anybody? Now, we don't have to do that. We, got, uh, we don't hang our clothes out on the line. But uh, you get the idea. And uh, so we got to have uh, our eye on the prize, so to speak, purpose in our life, pressing towards the mark and those things. And so he exhorts them to stay in the Word of God because there'll be false teachers in your day, just like there was in days gone by, bringing in damnable heresies. And uh, something as so obvious as denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways, and by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And uh, through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. And so we uh, read through those verses and mentioned a few things through those verses this morning. And I won't go back through that again. Verse 4, For if God spared not the angels at sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them unto chains of darkness to be reserved to judgment. And uh, he begins to deal with Noah's time, and then begins with, uh, and then deals some with Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, so I'll just say in these last days, what's helpful to me and you, what will help us to remember, I don't know about you, but the Lord said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and give place to wrath. The Lord will repay. And um, all these uh, um, false teachers and, that are leading people astray and leading people uh, into false professions and things like that, God's going to judge them one day uh, for that. And so um, he is uh, talking about how, you know, that uh, we need to comfort ourselves in knowing, uh, you know, the, the truth and, and knowing who is approved among you. Isn't that what Paul said? It's necessary uh, that these false be arise that you might know the truth. And so... Uh, that's a necessary thing. And so then he says, look, their judgment does linger not. It's already been pronounced, and it's just waiting execution. And uh, it's not going to be stopped for anybody. God will judge the world again. And he's already done it once, and um, it started in heaven. Just always remember, sin didn't begin on earth, right? It entered earth through one man. That's how it got here, but it began in the heart of Lucifer in heaven, Right? When he said, I'll ascend my throne, and God chose this world in which to deal with sin and the sin problem once and for all. And, uh, but it didn't begin here. It started up there. 
And so God spared not those angels that didn't keep their first estate, and they were cast down, and they're reserved uh, to be punished one day. And God knows how to do that. And so um, uh, He's uh, kind of gives a warning that we need to stay to the truth. And especially preachers, they need to stick with the truth and not compromise the truth. Thank God for a man that won't compromise the truth for popularity. I've seen enough of that. I could puke a gut. I don't know how some preachers do it. Some of these evangelists, they can travel around. They can preach in every camp. Uh, I, believe, I, I believe they could fit in just about everywhere they go. Woe unto that man that's like of everybody, right? One prophecy, I mean, one verse of Scripture I get to fulfill. Woe unto him that's well-liked of everybody. And that makes me nervous. You ought to stand for something. It shouldn't bother you that some people are against you. If you stand for something, people are going to be against you. Young people, you're not going to be popular if you stand on the truth. That's just the way it is. There's not going to be a lot of people go with you, but God will be with you. And so thank God for that. I appreciate somebody that just stand up for something and stand on what's right no matter what the cost. And, uh, and so anyhow, so he said, he spared not the old world, and but saved no one. So we're in verse number five. And uh, we turned back into the book of Matthew and looked at chapter number 24. And if you'll turn back there, we'll look again at chapter number 24, and then we'll move on and look at some other things. The last prayer in your Bible, uh, even so, come Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming again. This is a future event. Jesus is coming. He has not yet come, so don't be troubled and soon shaken in your mind as that day's already passed. Jesus is coming. It wasn't at death, right? At death, because I cover that this morning. So the second coming of Jesus is not at the death of the Christian, death of the saint. That makes no sense. Jesus told his disciples, he said, what is it to thee if he tarries until I come? Now, if him coming meant the death of the Christian, that verse would make absolutely zero sense, wouldn't it? What if he stayed alive till he died? What is that to thee? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Jesus is talking about a future event in which he will visibly and bodily come. Uh, and uh, this is not talking about it death, and it wasn't talking at Pentecost, right? And it didn't happen at the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. That didn't happen then. Uh, because when Jesus comes, it's not to destroy the Jerusalem, but to restore Jerusalem, right? And so he will reign and be a uh, rule and reign of the rod of iron. And he'll do that from the throne of his father, David. And uh, that is an earthly throne. And so Jesus is talking about a future event. Our New Testament written after that point is pointing towards another event in which Jesus Christ himself shall descend out of glory, right? And he'll step out on the clouds in two parts. He'll call the church out and the dead in Christ rise first. I don't see that happening when everybody else dies. Thessalonians makes no sense if you're trying to make that at the death of the believer, right? I hope you believe that. Now, I don't know where you want to put it. And I believe it's pre-tribulational, pre-millennial rapture of the church. I don't care whether you put it or not or where you want to think about that much or not. But Jesus is coming again. And uh, so you, you've got to believe that much of it. And Jesus is coming. And we're to be looking for him. And so he gave us some signs of the times that were going to be coming. In Matthew 24, we looked at the book of Matthew and saw it talking about Noah. And again, most of Matthew chapter 24 is dealing with the time of great tribulation. And which Israel, all eyes as the lightning that, that strikes out in the east and is seen into the west. And so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He will come in the clouds with all of his saints. And every eye shall see him, even them who had him pierced, right? Every eye will see him. And all Jerusalem will be saved in the day when they see him. Thank God for that. 
And that's for his people. And so Jesus is coming again, and uh, that's most of what Matthew's saying. But what he's talking about, the reason I went there, uh, is because it, it deals here, just like in Second Peter, uh, of Noah and Noah's time. And said that uh, God spared not the old world. And that's important to remember uh, because the scoffers are going to say, where is the promise of his coming? For all things continue as I always have. But they forgot that God destroyed this earth once before, right? With a flood. And he promised never to flood it again, but he's going to set it on fire this time. And uh, so uh, they, they forget and uh, they, they, they uh, get away from the Bible and not remember that no, all things have not always continued like they have. God flooded this whole entire world, save Noah and his family, right? And they were all condemned. And God saved Noah and his family and raised them up through and above the uh, uh, being a picture and a type of God pulling and calling his church out of here. And they were risen above the judgment that was below that fell upon the earth. And, uh, and I thank God for that much of it. But he gave us some signs to look forward to. And he said, they'll be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. And so we covered a little bit of that and just talking about the indifference of the times. And uh, it's that way now. We need to be awakened to our, aroused to our, uh, um, uh, in our minds to the truth that we don't need to fall into those same categories and be, uh, be uh, going through the routine and just caught up with life and, and fall out of love with Jesus. I believe that's uh, something that is very very possible for a saved person to lose that to leave their first love and uh, that can be something detrimental to your Christian life, to life in general. And so the, the Lord says uh, uh, that he's coming, and uh, only he that now letteth will let till he be taken out of the way. And so we looked at that in Matthew 24, verses uh, heaven and earth shall pass away, verse 35. As the days of Noah, so shall some come and some son of man be. Uh, they were eating uh, before the flood, eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage to the day Noah entered into the ark and knew not... Until the flood came and took them all away. See, it'll overtake them as a thief. Right? It's not, that's, that, that day won't overtake us. We're coming. We're, we're, we're ready for him to come. We're looking for him to come. Right? Uh, that's not going to overtake me. I've been preparing for him to come. Right? Um, and so uh, he, he has told us he was coming. So uh, we believe that. We're looking for that. And uh, so it will not overtake us in that day when he comes. And so we'll look. Uh, let's go on past. I want to mention one thing, and then we'll enter the days of Lot. Uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter number 6. I want to mention one verse before we move on, and then we'll continue looking at what was going on in Lot's day, and maybe look at a few other things. But in Genesis chapter number 6, I wanted to show you one verse, and most of us could quote it, but I just want us to look at this this evening. In Genesis chapter number, 20, uh, Genesis chapter number 6, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. Genesis 6 and verse 3. And the Lord said this statement, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And God saw, if you look at verse 5, the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was on evil continually, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and grieved him at his heart. Boy, what a condemning statement to be made, isn't it? And so here's what he said. Let me start here, and then we'll move on to the book of Luke. But here's what he said, Brother Ruby. He said uh, that my spirit shall not always strive with man. Now, 
That word, I thought about that a lot. Me and somebody were talking about that about a week ago or so. And I was thinking about that verse. And here's the word picture of strive. It's the best that I could find. Uh, the word strive uh, has the word picture like this. If I, I, I believe, now just follow me here. Don't let me finish before you uh, think wrong of me, okay? If I could say with good, with good uh, sound mind here that I could take any three of you on this front row, okay? Now, hold on that. As long, what? He don't believe me. He's probably right. If he can just run a little while and get me tired. No, listen now. I'm serious now. Okay? I could do that so long as you don't resist me. Right? If you just stay there and don't resist me at all, I could take you and, and, and move you about, especially you. Right? But if you, put up, if you put up a fight, excuse me, if you put up a fight, you resist me, now I'm going to have to strive in order to take him. They're striving between me and him. Right? And so that's the word picture of what's being said here. The Bible's saying God's spirit will not always strive with me. What's, that? What's, what's, he, what's he condemning that old day? What's he condemning them, Brother Ruby? He's saying that they were rejecting the spirit of God. And if that's not what's going on in our day, I don't know what's happening. God's spirit will move, and God will move in a certain Hey, even Christians will do it. We'll resist the Holy Ghost. God will tell us we ought to do something. We ought to testify. We ought to praise Him. We ought to do something. And we'll resist the moving of the Holy Ghost. There's a striving there. And, but what he's speaking about here, he's speaking about lost people. And he, Noah being a preacher of righteousness. And he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. He, he is constantly resisting. God is moving and they're constantly resisting and they're striving there. And there's coming a point where God says the cup of iniquity is full and I'm done with it. And he's going to do away with the whole crowd. And that's what he does in Noah's day. Except for Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Right? And so Noah... Uh, was to prepare in the heart to save his house uh, by faith, right? And so his faith wrought with works. So, his faith, so we see what Noah did. Noah believed God. It was counted him for righteousness because he believed God. And uh, so he built the ark. If he, if, he, if he believed God, he went and built an ark. If he didn't believe God, he'd have just sat back down and said, oh, I believe you, God. Right? But he believed God, so he moved on what he believed. And there's we see faith being wrong with words. Uh, but anyhow, and <laughs> do with it. Uh, but Noah uh, moved to the saving of his house. And so God, uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, uh, I don't know of a, of a better picture uh, than you and I uh, being saved from wrath that was coming upon this earth. Uh, than, and that is what the Bible tells you and me. We are not appointed to wrath, but to obtain mercy. Right? So God's going to judge this world in righteousness. Two parts to his coming, right? He's going to step out on the clouds, and he's going to call us home, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He'll call us out of here. And then there's the second part, and not when he comes for us, but when he comes with us, right? And that's when he comes to this earth and destroys the enemies with the brightness of his coming and with the sword of his mouth, right? And he destroys the enemies and establishes kingdom, all those wonderful things that we believe. If you believe that, uh, I know I do with everything in me. I believe in a thousand year millennial reign upon the earth, and I believe we'll be raptured out of here, saved from wrath uh, by the rapture of the church. So that's what happens in Noah's day. My spirit will not always strive with man. Can I say one thing before we move on to Lot? I want to move to that quicker than I did. There does come a point when a man has resisted and resisted and resisted the movement of the Spirit of God that God will say, let him alone. He's joined himself unto his idols. Now, 
I, I don't know what could be more uh, uh, scarier than for God to turn a man over to himself. That's about the scariest thing that could happen. That's about the worst thing that could happen to me and you. Thank you, Brother Michael, is that God would give us over to ourselves. That'd be awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> and uh, and uh, God does that. My spirit will not always strive with man. There's coming a point when that cup's full that God's wrath will be poured out upon this earth without mercy. I hope you're prepared for those days, right? And so uh, how do you prepare for those days? Getting saved now and you won't be here. I can't wait. I'm not going to be here for that. I hope, I, I, I hope, uh, I hope like anything that, uh, that he comes, uh, just like the Bible said, uh, even though everything, even so come. Uh, we, we're looking forward and hastening the coming. I hope, I, I hope he comes before I get done preaching. That'd be wonderful. Or just hear the sound of the trumpet. I mean, I, I don't know how else. Anyway, so let's move on past that. And I just want to warn you, if you're in here tonight and you're lost, uh, uh, God's Spirit will not always strive with man. Now, I know that was talking on a, on, a, an, a, on a worldwide level, but I believe that on an individual level as well. God will get to a point. He's not going to continue to strive with you, Right? And this world has resisted. You can see it now. Our nation has resisted. We've removed God from every institution. We've took God out of the... And Obama had it right. This is not a Christian nation. It's not a Christian nation. It was founded on Christian principles. But you don't murder millions of innocent babies and call yourself a Christian. This ain't no Christian nation. We've turned our back on God. Right. It could have been at one time. I don't know. Wasn't alive. Wasn't here to judge it one way or the other. Don't care in some ways. What I'm concerned about is today. Where are you at today? And this nation's turned its back on God. We've forsaken God, and God's going to bring us down. Just like he does every other, every other nation that forgets God. We are no different. I think we've had it so good, we feel like since we're American, that nothing bad is really going to happen to us. And God said, this is dropping a bucket. God, God can pull us down at any moment he wants to. This scares me to death. What would happen to our children when this gets turned over to these socialists? Young people, this freedom and liberty we have, I wonder if there'll be a time when we'll, when we'll wish for the days again when we in liberty could go to church three times a week. I wonder if it'll come in our day, when coming a day when we have to hide to get together. And those opportunities we took for granted when we could have been faithful, we could have been there. We, so, we, we neglected that goodness, and instead we despised that goodness and despised that opportunity. And I wonder if they'll come in a day when we'll wish we could get together three times a week. Amen. It may be coming sooner than we think. Amen. These people that want power in this country hate God. Amen. They hate Jesus, and they hate you. Amen. That's not comfortable to say, but that's the truth. They hate God. There's no room for God in their meetings. They won't put their hand on a Bible and swear to anything. They want God out of the oath. They want God out of our public schools. They want God out of prayer. They, in fact, if they could do away with this church meeting here tonight, preaching what I'm preaching, they'd do away with it. So I don't believe it'd get that extreme. I believe it'll get worse than that. I believe there'll come a time and they'll kill you and think they're doing God a favor. See, they won't be non-religious at all. In the last days, they'll be religious. 
It'll just be a false religion. That's why God's telling us, don't follow after their pernicious ways. Don't follow these heresies. Don't follow these heretics. The first or second admonition, reject them. Don't fool with them no more. Mark them, as you have us for an example, that walk disorderly. Those that won't receive sound words and sound doctrine, and they walk contrary to the doctrine of Christ, mark them and avoid them. Right? Well, I don't like all that separation. I just like to get along with everybody. You're going to get yourself in trouble. You can't get along with everybody. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? And I just don't get along with people that don't preach the truth. Do you? I don't want to get along with them. I'm scared God kill me. I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to prop up what they're doing. Do you? No. I want to get along with anybody that believes the Bible and calls on God out of a pure heart, right? Hey, we can disagree on some things. I mean, good night. There's plenty of stuff we can disagree on and, and talk about all kinds of different stuff in the Bible. That we can, uh, but there's some, there's some fundamental sound truths, and one of them is the gospel that I refuse to compromise for the sake of popularity or people. And that's what's happening The many. It's all about numbers. If you all hear me continue to harping on numbers, will somebody please smack me one good time? It's not about numbers. It's about the truth, right? That's what's most important. But that's hard on a preacher, brother. That's hard. He's always thinking, well, when I hurt this one, did I make this one mad? Where'd they go? What'd they do? What did I do to them? I don't know. <laughs> he go crazy, drive himself crazy thinking all that. Just preaching the truth. That's all that ought to matter. All right. Now we've got to get to Lot's day. So let's turn to Luke, the book of Luke. And uh, we'll go through the book of Luke here just in a couple of verses. If I can find my own uh, stuff here and get Brother Reed to read this to me again. My spirit will not always strive with man. And so uh, Luke chapter number 17. And let's just look at what he says here. And we'll just look at some of the times of the last days. Now, I'm not putting this in a timetable yet, uh, um, other than what we most generally, all of us agree upon. Uh, but so all I'm saying is right now, uh, at this point, and we may look at it a little bit more, uh, because of this last verse um, that uh, is being mentioned here, this verse that's stuck in the middle of Second Peter, uh, to give us some hope. So let me just go through this a little bit, then we'll go back to Second Peter. Luke chapter 17, verse number 26 says this, um, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall, come, and so shall also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day Noah entered in the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built it. But in the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, we've got to think this through now. Uh, this is just given a glimpse. Now, where we really need to be is in Timothy and some other places, and we'll get there. But this gives us just a little bit of a glimpse of what the last days are going to be like. So he said, as it was in the days of Noah, they were cold and indifferent towards God completely. They were eating, they were drinking, they were partying. They were more worried about social lives and, uh, and, and everything else and marriage and giving in marriage and, uh, and until the day in which the flood came. And they knew not until it was way too late, right? And then he says, now, as also as it was in the days of Lot. And it seems similar because he says they eat and they drink. It's more party time. More, more time of uh, social uh, get-togethers and being social. And, and, uh, and I'm for all that. Can I, can I just get an amen there? I, am for, I think churches ought to get together more than we do. I'm for fellowship and we need each other. I need good Christian fellowship. I don't know about you, but I need you. 
I mean that with everything in me. I, I, I need God's church, Brother Reed. I need the fellowship of believers. I, I need that communion. I need to shake your hand when you come in and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, scream and spit at you a little bit later and then go home. I need that. It just, I don't know. Does my heart good? I just, I, I need all that fellowship. Uh, hey, and I think we ought to do more. I think we ought to, and I know COVID's messed us up, but I think we ought to be meeting and, 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 uh, and fellowshipping together and having meals and all those things, and God willing, we'll get back to that. Uh, but uh, um, that, that, that's one thing. That's, that's for us, the fellowship of the believers around Christ. Uh, but he's talking about in these last days, that's what's going on out here. They're running to and fro, Right? They're gaining, they're after gain, they're buying and selling, they're all caught up with money and commerce and, and, and like any of us need anything else. Anybody go hungry today? I don't remember the last time I was hungry. I eat for fun sometimes. He just amen that. Write that down, Amber. He can pay for his own gas this week. Charge him for insurance this week. Right? I mean, hey, we, we, we got so much. We got plenty. We got it coming out. And, 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 and hey, and I'm telling you, we got it coming out our ears of, of just over. And you say, no, preacher, we don't have that much. Hey, we've wasted more than some people live on in a day. We've got an abundance. We've got so much, and we don't even realize it. Some of you do. Some of you lived in hard times. You know, you know what, what it's like. I, I, don't, I don't think that I could say that I have, really. Uh, uh, it's been a pretty prosperous time in our nation. But I'm talking about in the lost world, when you watch people, they don't have time for God. You, you can't even get them to slow down long enough to try to tell them about Jesus. They're running to and fro. They're trying to get, everybody's trying to get ahead. They're trying to get every dollar they can get. And, uh, and they're robbing God. Hello? And, uh, and they're running around. And they're trying to get, everybody's trying to advance and get more. And, and man, we don't need any more than what we got. And if we're not careful, we'll be caught up in those times. And if I've ever seen a day like that, it's in the day we live today. People are just, they're just overcome with, uh, it, it, it's nothing to somebody. They got no respect for God's day. I mean, used to, you couldn't, you couldn't get hardly anything done on a Sunday, right? You, you, you got Bible-believing Christians that'll volunteer for it so they can get double time, right? Somebody say amen to that, or I'm going to say you're guilty. Thank you, Brother Ray. It's just, hey, this is a crazy day we live in. People's trying to get all they can get. I want to tell you young people something. Work is honorable, and I have got no use for somebody that won't work. And God doesn't either. And I'm for working. And you ought to work hard. And you ought to stay busy. Don't get idle. And I, I will go to Ezekiel, and we'll look at what happened to Sodom. Uh, they were idle. They had abundance of idleness. And I want you young people, especially you young men, the best thing you can do, and I'm for sports. If you're going to do sports, then do something. Don't sit at home idle. But if you can get a job and you can work, stay busy working, God will honor that. That's honorable for work to work. Find you something to do. Find you something you're good at. And keep yourself busy working. But don't let that come in between you and God. Right? I have seen more people. I'm, I'm going to just warn you here. I, I, I meant for this to be more towards the law. Uh, but just for me and you, it's what's on my heart right now. I have seen people get an advancement at work and they're not in church today. They were as faithful. You could not, I'm telling you, you couldn't run them out with a SWAT team until they got a good job. They got an advancement at the workplace and they moved up a little bit and you couldn't find them with a search warrant. 
Don't let your job and money and the pursuit of things take you away from God or God's house. Don't do that. You will not make it that way. I can promise you. You think you'll make it. And you know what I found out? <laughs> and Brother Crabtree, I was thinking about this the other day. You could vouch for this. You hired people. Brother Joshua, you hired people. Y'all got employees. The more you pay somebody, usually the more they spend. So can I just say something? Hey, just be happy not being rich, not being poor. Just ask God to just give you just enough to get by and just enough to be a blessing to other people and people around you. And don't try to run after gain and being greedy because that's what the world's doing. And as it was in the days of Lot and in the days of Noah, so shall it be today. And they were buying and selling. Commerce was great. Money was in the bank. I feel like we did better spiritually under Obama than we did with Trump. And people don't understand that when I say that. And here's what I'm saying. Because during Obama's years, you had people so worried, they thought he was the man of sin. They'd come into church worried, seeking God. Everything's going good now. You can't hardly find people. We don't flourish too good in good times, do we? I don't know about you, but I don't. God's got to keep me, I don't know, always going through something to stay humble, I guess. or to, I don't know. Keep me going in the right direction. When I... I'm, I'm kind of like Abraham. I, my, my, my biggest time where I could really get in trouble is when everything's going great. <laughs> Man, I'm in danger then. Uh, I usually, when, when things are going bad, hey, isn't that what happens? You start seeking God when things go, when start going wrong, right? Well, it should. It should drive you to the Lord. But now, so as it was in the days of Lot. Now, we don't need to mention all that went on in the days of Lot. All of us know most of the story. And if you look at most of the story, they were so wicked. They were so, uh, so caught up uh, in sexual immorality that it was nothing for even the young people to be right in there with it. The Bible said young and old. The Bible's still against that. It was against it in Lot's day, and it's against it now. When you see people that are, that, 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 a, a generation of people that are absolutely cannot control their sexual inhibitions, it is a sign that God's getting ready to flood the earth with judgment. That's what happened in Lot's time. They had completely gotten to a place where they had given themselves over, working everything which is unseemly. You got people today, they'll do that now. They, they'll fornicate, commit adultery. I'm telling you, they'll live together and they'll, uh, uh, without being married. God's against all that. Right? And, uh, and you say, well, that was just sodomite. I don't know if it, I think that was the end. I don't think it started out that way. I think it ended that way. Like Romans 1. It started out, they forgot God and didn't like to retain him in their knowledge. And they ended up when God gave them over to themselves uh, to work that which is unseemly, Right? So there was all kinds of a matter of a downgrade. And that's what's going on today. Young people, can I say something to you young ladies? I don't care what any young man tells you. It's still right to keep yourself till you get married. That's still right. And it's a, it's a trick as old as, as nearly the human race. They'll tell you anything they can to get you to believe they care about you when all they want to do is use your body. That's what happens. And so, hey, you young men, it's on you. It's your responsibility to keep yourself from touching a woman. It didn't say not good for her to touch you. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. God holds you responsible. That's still good preaching. I hope you parents like that. <laughs> it's still right to keep yourself till you're married. 
Don't let some knucklehead rob you of your purity, lying to you, telling you he loves you. He wouldn't know love if it hit him in the side of the head and it was, it was like a cattle brand with a, and somebody tattooed it on his side. He doesn't know what love is. If he loved you, he would never expect you to do that. Right? Now, I don't say he didn't care for you. He may think that he does. But it's still right to stay pure. And God's not changed his mind on that. Do y'all think God's changed his mind on that? I don't think he has. And it'll be hard. Hey, it'll be hard. That's not easy to do, to keep yourself. That's not easy. The easy thing to do is just give in to the flesh, isn't it? That's easy. Anybody can do that. But it'll be, it will take real effort. It'll take hard work and effort to keep yourself till you're married. But I want to tell you something. It'll be worth it if you do. It will be worth it. Yeah, hey, I don't know why in, in our society a young lady does it and she, she, somehow she gets attacked. But what, it's just as right for a young man to save himself or her. Right? You young men, keep yourself for a wife that God's going to give you, and it's undefiled, the bed undefiled. That's talking about the marriage bed, and it's honorable and all, and there's nothing wrong with it. God's for it. It's perfectly natural affection for you between a man and his wife. That's wonderful. God created it. It's a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. But until you get married, keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. And if you haven't and you've made a mistake, thank God there's still a God of restoration. You have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So you're not, you're not doomed. You've messed up, but man, God's a God of restoration, isn't he? Boy, it'll be hard. I feel sorry for you young people. It is more difficult now. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. It was hard enough in my day and in your day, Brother Reed, you didn't have no computer and you didn't have no cell phone and, and, and you're a man just like anybody. Am I right? And you was a teenager just like everybody. But brother, brother, now these kids, they have to battle. It's, it's literally pushed into their face. They're weirdos if they don't do it. That ain't right. God's still going to honor you to keep yourself. You two look up here. It's still right. You keep yourself for your husband. God will honor that. Boy, I love that. I wish somebody had preached that to me years ago. I don't know if I'd have believed it or not. I don't know. I was hard-headed. But I wish I'd at least heard it. I never heard anything like that. As it was in the days of Lot. And you've got people doing some of the most ungodly things I've never seen in all my life. You have, you have, met, you have people of the same sex, and, they're, and, and, and then they're adopting children and trying to raise a family in that mess. I'm telling you, our country's sick. Our country's sick. And you don't think Jesus is coming? Boy, I'm ready. Are you ready? We better prepare ourselves. He's coming. All right, we got to go here just real quick because I told you I was going to be encouraging, and I think I didn't. But I meant to, okay? Hey, that'll encourage you, young people. I, you know, I, I don't know when's the last time I heard a preacher preach on that. That used to be preached all the time. When I, even when I got saved, man, they preached all the time. I was already married. I shout them all, that's right, amen. You'll sin against your own body. Don't do that. 
So still write. That'll help you. It'll be worth it. I promise you it will be worth it. Keep yourself till you're married. It'll be worth it. Okay, I'm going to leave that point, all right? Now, as it was in the days of Lot, verses, but the same day he went out of Sodom, verse number 29, likewise, or see, verse 28, in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day and the Son of Man is revealed. And so we can see part of the last days there. Now let's turn back to Second Peter and look. Now discerning the times and looking at the times, have you ever seen a time in our nation? It's only going to, he's only going to portray some more things here uh, that talks about how they speak evil of dignities and all these things. I'm telling you, it describes I'm telling you at any minute Jesus could come. I'm never, I have never felt, so, and I have heard this preach I don't know for how long that I've heard that Jesus is coming and I have never been more convinced of this truth. Jesus is coming again. Why? I mean, you just look at it, and it's worse and worse. It's, it's no different than what's already been done, right? People have been disobedient to parents for a long time, but not like it's going to be in the last days. And I have to say, you can't even go through Walmart without wanting to smack somebody else's kid. I thought that'd get more laughs than that. I've never in my life, Brother Shane, that in the past five years, wanted to smack somebody else's kid. Ma'am, if you don't want to do it, I'd love to. It's, it's unbelievable. Little Johnny pitching a temper tantrum down on the floor. I want my toys. She ought to pick that toy up and hit him right on top of the head with it. And then take it out of his allowance and make him buy it for breaking it. Now that one's not in the Bible. That's my opinion, okay? You won't get those kind of parenting skills just anywhere. I was a good parent, man. Hey, I, here's how I taught my kids not to shoot each other with a BB gun. I shot them with it. I shot Tyler with it, and then I felt bad, Brother Oliver, and I said, well, man, now I can't leave it, leave it undone, and so I shot Hunter with it. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? And I, was, and I was totally convinced that was the right thing to do. It's a miracle some of you kids have made it through our parenting. We met, right? Hey, young people, we met the best. We love you, young people. It's not easy. I'm telling you, I've never been so challenged like raising a teenager, Brother Mark. It's just challenging, isn't it? Because you know what you were like and you know what they were going through, but you see it totally different than you used to. And man, and sometimes you young people, can I say something? And I know we got to go home. But you know what? I think some young people have been driven off from our churches. And it's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. And, and I fear maybe even at my time, and God's helped me in the past couple of years not to do that, but I could have been on the verge of doing that to my children. Just, you, can't, you can't drive. They're kids. They're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes. You, you, what our job is is just like helping one another to grow up in grace and grow in the knowledge of the Lord. We can't continue to drive them and expect, we expect more perfection out of them than God does us. And so y'all don't get discouraged. Can I tell you why we do that? Because we love you so much. I believe that. I believe every parent in here that's, that's maybe done that, maybe gone a step too far or pushed too hard or done something like that, it's only because we loved you so much. And uh, so don't, don't, don't let the enemy get into your mind and say, well, uh, hey, that preacher preached on this and he was mean and my mom and daddy, they was mean. Don't, don't let all that stuff get in your mind. If people cared enough about you to try to help you. You know, I wish I had that. But... Uh, it's hard. It's, it, it is. It's hard to be a young person in this day. I wouldn't trade places with none of you. I wouldn't. 
But it's not impossible. You can keep yourself pure and unspotted from the world. You can. You can. Now, that's about as encouraging as I could muster up tonight. That's all I had in me. My spirit's not always going to strive with man, and I'm trying my best to get down about it, and God won't let me get down about it. He just keeps reminding me every time I read these things that are negative and these things that are kind of a little sense discouraging, there's an encouraging side to it. Yeah, the world's going to be like this. And yes, um, somebody that can't, you know, uh, uh, remember what state he's in is going to rule the country. But, uh, uh, but hey, Jesus is coming. And there's just something that, that always follows on the hills. Every time I want to get discouraged, well, they've rigged the election. They stole these votes. They stole, buddy, hey, I believe they probably stole all of them. Do you think somebody that murders a baby's got the integrity not to steal votes? They're a bunch of crooks. They don't know God. They have no integrity. They have no character. They'll do anything to gain power. But on the hills of that, Jesus is saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. Mm. That's exciting to me, Brother Reed. Well, we're back in 2 Peter, and we'll read this verse, and we'll go home tonight. Huh? He delivered just lot. Can I say something here? I'm in verse number 7, 2 Peter. He turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. It should be an example to us. Verse number 7, look what he said. He delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day. Can I, can I be a reminder to, to you, Christian? What you see and what you hear is going to vex your righteous. Listen, but that's one thing. You know, the, remember when Paul said, I writ unto you not to keep company with fornicators? And he said, but not altogether the fornicators of this world, else you must need to come out of the world. Right? And so he said, uh, um, I'm not talking about that. You're going you're gonna to be exposed to things out in the world. You young people especially, you're going to get a job. People's going to cuss. People are going to talk about doing things they shouldn't. I mean, and there's going to be all kinds of ungodliness you're going to be subjected to, and that's vexing in itself. But it's quite another thing as a Christian to choose to expose yourself to it. Right? It's quite another thing. And you say, well, it doesn't vex me to hear filthiness. Then I'd be worried if I even knew God. Because if you have a righteous soul and you're righteous inside, it vexes you to hear and see that mess. Doesn't it? I hope it does. I, I hope that vexes you. That's what happened a lot. A lot chose to subject himself and to put himself in a position where he was surrounded by nothing but filth. And it vexed that man. It vexed him. And he lost his family. He went to his own family. And you know what? When he told them that, that there was gonna, God was going to destroy the city, they said they, he seemed as one as mocked. They thought he was making a joke. They thought he was kidding. God's going to destroy the city. And they thought he was making a joke. He lost his own family in the thing. Can I ask you something? Are you vexed? I'm vexed with this world. The unrighteousness, the filth, all the junk that goes on in our day, it is vexing to me. And, I'm, and I know it is you if you're saved. And there's a groaning within ourselves to be delivered. But it, this is a different thing when you choose to subject yourself to ungodly music. It's, it's a different thing to subject yourself to websites and see things you shouldn't see. That's going to vex you. And before long, there's no telling where it might lead. Even in a saved person. 
You can't subject yourself to listen to that stuff. It's one thing. I'm sure, Brother Cody, I'm sure you hear things all the time at work you'd rather not hear. Am I right? People say bad words and they do stuff and you just got to keep your head down, try to keep your mind on the Lord and just keep on working. Right? But it's a different thing if you go over there to them and start listening to all the dirty jokes and you start subjecting yourself to it voluntarily. See, that's a little bit different. God, there's a grace. There's a grace in God helping us throughout the day when we're exposed to the filth of this world. Uh, God helps us. There's a grace there. But when we choose uh, to turn on that station, we choose to put that CD in. We choose to go to this place and see things we shouldn't see and hear things we shouldn't hear. That's quite a different thing. And that will vex you. And if it doesn't vex you, you may not have a righteous soul. It vexed Lot. <laughs> Well, we got to go. And uh, here's, here's, what, here's what I, oh, let's go home. But uh, man, we didn't get to the good verse. Maybe Wednesday night. That righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Can I say something? I don't want to be too hard. On Lot here, I'm a little bit torn on Lot's situation. I don't want to think out loud from the pulpit, but I know he chose the well-watered plains, but I'd, I'd say from his point of view, from up where he was, it was hard for him to see what all was going on down there. So I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, here's one thing that's for certain. Christian, if you're unsaved and we're going home tonight, if you're saved, Christian, can I just give you just a little word of encouragement in this next verse talking about God knows how to deliver this. God is going to deliver us from this world that's vexing our righteous soul. He's going to deliver us. And God knows how to deliver them, and God's going to deliver them. And just like he rescued Lot before the fire fell, and just like he rescued Noah before the water fell, God's going to rescue me and you before the Antichrist falls. And takes this world with him. That encourage you some? As you, as you get caught up in all this stuff and we see the days coming, don't let it discourage you. Let it encourage you to do more and more. As you see the day approaching, do more. Give more of yourself, more of your time. I, I, I'm telling you, it's a, time, it's a time that we jump in with both feet and it's a time we get back to doing business with God and doing what we're supposed to be doing. And it's not a time to back up, to quit, to compromise. It's a time to go on stronger than we've ever been, isn't it? Jesus is coming. All right, we got to go home. We won't have an altar call tonight. Honor, uh, get that for me. Stand to your feet. We'll go home. Let that encourage you this week. Thank you, Hunter. If I bend down, I may not get back up. So don't let the enemy get you down this week. Because no matter what happens in this world, God's going to deliver you from it. This ungodly world, I get so tired of hearing that. And this one, I know you do. I do too. I get tired of it too. But I know Jesus is just around the corner of coming. And it's about to, that new day is going to dawn. It won't be dark forever. I can't wait. Lord, we love you tonight. Uh, I just, just take uh, these truths, Lord, and work them down into the hearts of the Christians that are here Try to encourage this Lord this week. Uh, I mean, help us to encourage ourselves in the Lord this week that we wouldn't get discouraged. I don't know how this thing's going to go in our country. Lord, we love our country. Uh, you've given us the greatest, freest country known to mankind. And for that, Lord, we are eternally grateful where we could be free to worship and hear the gospel. And we're blessed to live in this great country. And so I ask on behalf of our church, Lord, that you'd preserve our, 
our country, that you would help us see us through these times and expose those that, Lord, are doing wicked things in the darkness. Expose it. Bring it to light, Lord. Please help our country and help our people this week as they go out and their workforce and just, Lord, encourage them, help them to uh, be awakened to the realization that you're soon coming. And, Lord, this will all be over. All this suffering and heartache and pain will be over, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you for being with us tonight. I appreciate you. In the fear of the Lord, you're in liberty to go.